I'm Savannah. I'm here with Tracy. And we're going to be discussing the counterpart to the Childless Moms episode. This is Angel Moms Living with Unattainable Expectations. In books, television, and movies, we are often shown an image of motherhood as super heroic or even saintly. In a world where both stay-at-home moms and working moms are judged by what they do or don't do, moms everywhere live in a constant state of having to justify every decision they make. In pop culture, stay-at-home moms are held to an angelic homemaker perfection standard, and working moms are constantly struggling to maintain a work and home balance that tips more towards work, often having to make sacrifices to get what they want. Why is this still the primary narrative in 2019? And what are the ways we can shift it? So I am a stay-at-home mom. And I am a working mom. So we have both sides of this coin covered. Yes. Um, I chose to stay at home because my husband does make enough that I can stay home and take care of my children. And I have to work because together we make enough money too to to survive <laughs> and some of the big tropes are the family versus career yeah trope which yeah. is the stay-at-home mom versus the working mom yeah dynamic yes and some of those big people that we want to talk about yeah um the sue storm versus jessica jones yes so sue kept working and jessica chose to stay home yes and there were two really big things that happened. Jessica Jones decided to stay home after giving birth. She was pregnant and still fighting. But when she when she decided had the baby and decided to stay home, the child stay safe. Sue Sue Storm decided to keep working, living in Avengers Tower, and both of her kids died. In a in a horrible incident at Avengers Tower. And that's something that we see a lot. Yeah. When, especially with superheroes, where the mom decides to work and the kids are in trouble constantly. Yeah. But the mom's home, so the kids are safe because mom's home. Yeah. It's it's very weird to me, but also I have to say it's Avengers Mansion, not Avengers Tower. Avengers Towers, movies, Avenger Mansion, comics. That's true. I'm gonna put that one out. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, don't correct us. She already did. <laughs> I beat you to the punch. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's in, and there's also that women choose to go back to work. A lot of women don't choose to go back to work. Like, they have to go back to work. Yes, that's, that's a big thing is sometimes there isn't a choice there. And a lot of pop culture and media make it seem like it's their decision to go back, not unless, they have to. Unless they're a single mom. Unless they're a single mom and they have to. Like, but... You know, even Talia al Ghul chose to keep working and doing yeah. her League of Assassins yeah, business. Yeah, her dad was, a, was rich. Yeah, it's so. true. Usually they have a rich dad or they have to work. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's very true. And we never see the nuclear family mom, dad, baby where mom has to work. Yes, it's true. Unless it's Mr. Mom, where um. mom had to work. And then we have all of those stay-at-home mom tropes coming out with, with the, the dad. Except for their pers- they're heightened because dad has never stayed home with the kids before. So we he doesn't know how kids work. 
is very much like in the, and I know we'll talk about Helen Parr later, but in The Incredibles, when Bob stays home and Helen goes to work, yes. and he doesn't know how to do anything. Like, dads know how to do stuff. We, we trust them to do things all the time. When we're around, they well, can do it when we're not around. Right now, we are recording this podcast while our husbands are spending time with our children. Yes. They are not babysitting. They are not watching their children. They are spending time with their children. Some of them right upstairs. <laughs> so I love this question because this question is the same answer for both of us. Is have you ever seen a mom you fully related to on screen? Yes. Helen Parr. I am Incredibles 1 Helen Parr and Tracy is Incredible 2 Helen Parr. Oh, I cried when I saw the trailer. It was, like, so great to see a working mom, like, doing the job. But also, I know in that trailer, she also, they also show the phone call home to make sure everything's okay. And talking about math homework and doing all the things. She's on the motorcycle and her son's calling her with a math question. It just felt so real. It yeah. felt like that is my life, trying to juggle all the things. And do all the stuff and be both work and mom, which is very hard. And in the first one, just watching the trying to break up the fights <sighs> and trying to and when she's trying to find out what's going on with Bob, setting up a babysitter and making sure that the kids are all set to go before she leaves the house. That is a struggle. <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And then they came with her and that was just even more perfect. That is the perfect analogy for taking your children to a grocery store. You know, sit down, shut up, and do what I'm telling you. <laughs> like, I mean, even even some of those things in, in part one really resonated with me, too. Like, the part where she picks up the dining room table to yeah. make everyone stop fighting because she has to do something loud or or really out of control to get people to stop and pay attention. Yes. To what she's saying and trying to have her take control of that situation. Yes. I mean, that not only happens at work, but I mean, it also it happens a lot at home. Even if you have one kid, you know, it, it could be the bickering back yes. and forth. Just stop. Like, in her really drastic effort to make that happen. And her begging her husband to please help. Yes. And him just sitting there like, me. <laughs> I wanted to reach through the screen and throttle him. <laughs> Even in the second movie, though, the second movie, I really wanted to reach through the screen and throttle him when he was not happy for her. I He's... unfortunately haven't seen the second one yet. Oh, so let me let me oh, give please. you this. So <laughs> she, so the premise of the movie is they all get called to this billionaire's house where this billionaire wants to bring superheroes back. So Helen is chosen between like the, the three superheroes he calls are Mister Incredible, Mrs. Incredible, and Frozo. They decide, and then the big battle at the beginning, Frozone and Mr. Incredible do a ton of city damage. So, like, yeah. it's very controversial. And they end the superhero program. You know, yeah. they have to find a new place to live on their own. They have no money. They have no resources. And so this billionaire calls and says, I'm wanting you to do it. And Bob thinks it's going to be him. So he starts to step forward, and he says, Elastigirl. Yeah. And this makes Bob super jealous but 
he, the thing is, is that he doesn't really try to hide it. She's just so excited she doesn't hear it. But when he yeah. talks to her, it's through gritted teeth. That's great, honey. How are you? You know. Which is, that's another thing, is you would expect it to be the man. Yeah. He expected it because he was the man. Yeah. And, and because it was her and because she was doing things like saving ambassadors and chasing after runaway trains, which is maybe my favorite moment in Pixar history, <laughs> on her elasticycle that grows with her so That's the pieces amazing. come apart. It's, it's just incredible. She's flinging them over the train to get on other tracks and it's just awesome. And, and just like that part and just watch it. Like, he's not a buffoon. He should know how to sit down and do homework with his kids, but it's just he gets that overwhelmed feeling and no once does he say i'm seeing what you do honey and i really appreciate what you do it's yeah. all the frustration that it's her doing it not him yeah. and that she is not here because she can handle it better and that's so frustrating and it's not that she can handle it better it's just that she has the experience yes with handling it yeah and i mean he ends up turning jack jack over to edna for a night so he can get some sleep because he doesn't know how to put jack jack to sleep and like just the, the, that kind of, yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of, I have a lot of issues with how Pop is portrayed in that movie, and I think yeah. that Helen is, like, the, the working mom thing is working good for her, but the whole jealous husband thing was a little bit much for me. It is one of my favorite yeah. Pixar movies, so I'm not gonna lie. And another big thing that we see is, like, like our title, the angel moms. The moms that do it all. They are so perfect and they... The house is perfectly spotless. Yes. And it makes you feel like you have to apologize. You saw my text. I texted yes. Savannah last night because we're in my house. And I said, don't mind the mess when you come over. I haven't done a thing this week. And I shot her a picture of a sink of unwashed dishes. That would never happen in the angel mom's house. No. And I responded with my living room <laughs> covered in baby toys and clothes and said, don't worry about it, I got you. <laughs> but that we are expected to not only, and as both a stay-at-home mom and a working mom, we are expected to have spotless homes and dinner on the table every night, healthy dinner that is cooked to perfection, that all, all your kids love to eat and they sit down at the dinner table and they eat it and thanks mom and <laughs> do you ever get a thanks mom uh, 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 uh. <laughs> only when i make chicken and dumplings <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm not gonna say my son has no manners because he does have manners but i never get a thank you for dinner yeah. it's always a struggle getting it to the table and i'm gonna admit it's not always the healthiest but i yeah. do it and i get it done and that's what i feel good about at the end of the day Exactly. And that we are shown these portrayals of perfect perfection. Yeah. And expected to live up to that. And we're human. Yeah. We can't. We can't be, um, oh, what is her name? Like, like June Cleaver. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's from Leave it to Beaver. Yeah. We can't be like, um, oh, I think her name was, I think... I think her name was Mary, the Dick Van Dyke I was, show wife. I think it was Mary, because it was Mary Tyler Moore that was so her. I, I was thinking of, on Gilmore Girls, 
when Rory does that whole 50s thing, it was whatever her name was. The perfect mom and wife. Oh my gosh. And she always had perfectly made up, perfectly like clean, dressed in high heels. I think now it only goes to, stands to reason that you should understand that Savannah and I are in our geekiest attire. Yes. And t-shirt and jeans. Because... <laughs> That is, yeah, no, no, um, that's only reserved for holidays that are like Christmas or Hanukkah or Passover, which we're recording on Passover, happy Passover. And tomorrow's Easter, happy Easter. Um, but we do, it's, it's so unrealistic. And the problem is, is that we can understand that we can only do what we can do, but to the outside world, they're expecting to come over to a leave it to beaver, perfectly clean house with dinner ready to go and, and things like that i mean and and he that's touching upon the net my ne my next thing it's not on our thing but is other moms judging oh, it's each the, other it's the worst like you get that this kid that that you can't be perfect you as another mom grasp this this thing. thing. Like, why can't you have the patience for that other mom? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, it, it, breast is best. Formula is best. I pump at work. I, like, no. If you're breastfeeding, you have to pump at work or else it would be very painful. Yes, yes. <laughs> but then you're shown the bathroom in which to pump it in, and it's so annoying. Exactly. And it's, it's, why can't we as a community of moms just understand? Come together. Yeah. Like, come together, support each other in whatever decision. Because I, I have three children, and all three of them were completely different. I was able to breastfeed my third until he was just over a year old. My first couldn't make it past three weeks. Had to switch to formula, got judged for it. With my youngest, I breastfed until I was a year old. He was a year old? He was a year old. <laughs> Xander was about a year old. Yeah. And still got, I don't understand how you can do that. Oh my God, I, I would feel awful. Why can't you just use formula? Like. I want to feed the baby. Let me use formula. Like, no, I am feeding the baby. <laughs> Do yeah. you not understand this? And even, like, out on the playground. The looks. The, the looks are the worst. The judging looks, no matter what happens, like, your kid has a, is exhausted and has a meltdown. You get the judging looks. If your kid has special needs and is old enough to not have a meltdown but still has a meltdown and you don't know what that kid is going through and, like, looking at them and judging them makes it no better. The worst, and the worst is the neurodiverse children that look mm -hmm. normal. I have one upstairs. Normal. I'm using air quotes. Normal. Those are the, like, I try to give the sympathetic look. Mm -hmm. I try if if this mom is near me and I can sell, tell she's having a rough time, I try to say, can I help in some way? Mm. What can I do for you? Mm -hmm. uh, I did work for a while. 
up until I had my second and I worked at a grocery store and every time a mom came through with a kid that was throwing a tantrum for one reason or another it was always I hope you have a better day yeah. it was always like I'm trying to feed you my strength yeah because a lot of times when that happens, there's no strength left to give. Like, but you yeah. still have to find that strength. And I'm telling you as the mom of a neurodiverse child that it's super hard. Um, he's come to be able to deal with transitions and stuff a lot better than he used to. He used to actually have a meltdown whenever we'd go to leave a place. Yeah. And it didn't matter if it was a place he didn't want to be. It was just a change that we didn't warn him about. And yeah. so now we warn him, but when that was happening, you know, we've gotten, we've gone out to restaurants where people would just give us the evil eye about taking him out to restaurants, but, you know. And I even get that with my decently behaved children. <laughs> I mean, he's decently behaved too, but, you know, it, I, I also have also have had us walking in and getting the dirty looks and then having people come over to apologize afterwards because we notice. Yeah. And they noticed we notice. Yeah. But... You know, you get that dirty look for bringing your kid out to a restaurant. Now, we understand people want peace when they go out to eat. It's expensive. It's also expensive for us, too. We want a night out. We want to do something. Can't always get a babysitter, but also want to do that thing where... With your child. Yes. You want to spend time as a family. And how are they going to... And the other piece is, how are they going to learn how to behave in a restaurant if you're not bringing them to one? Yep. I mean, it's a lot different than mom's bringing out the plates at home, like... It's yeah. the waiting game. It's learning how to order. It's learning, yes. you know, how to sit still. Yes. You know. Be aware of other people. Yes, that too. Yeah. Which is super hard for kids. But when you take them out to a restaurant and you gently keep reminding them that there are the people around like that. Yeah. Yeah. But you still get the looks and the... The judgment is just... It, it seems to be getting worse these days. I, I see it getting worse with people that don't have their children with them yes but it's the other families that are giving you the looks of support yeah i mean i don't always like and i think the other thing is is that when we're sitting down to eat and you notice somebody getting antsy because food's not coming fast enough and those child those people who have left their children at home yeah have you and because you'll and i've seen it before like they'll be talking about their kids and you know their kids aren't with them and meanwhile you're there with your kid and your kid's starting to get antsy and they're just glaring over at you yeah. like how dare you come out on our night to go out to eat it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, I wish parents would. Whereas, on the flip side, again, me personally, when I'm out to eat with my husband and there's a kid kind of near me, I start making faces with that kid. I, I am Oh, engaging, I do raspberries. I'm, in, like, <laughs> I'm engaging that child yeah. to try to give that support from afar. Yeah. Which is... Is something that they talked about in the Child Childless Monsters podcast about that shift from the thought of community and your village, yeah. and, a, and it takes a village to raise a child, to this more 
bubble centric where it is your family and your family alone and each family is in kind of their own little bubble. Mm, yeah, I can see that now. Which isn't I love the concept of a village. I I have my village. Yep. My family lives nearby. I have my mother-in-law living with me that ha- and she helps yeah. me take care of my children. But my village isn't just my family. Yeah. My village is my community. My village is my friends. Yeah. Even the other la- other ladies. Like, I brought my eldest to our Harry Potter trivia night, and I had to run to my car, and I left him with Valerie and, and Tracy. And I said, I said, behave. Tracy said, if we don't, be- if he doesn't behave, can I beat him? I go, you can all beat him. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, note, we did not actually beat the child, nor that was that. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a very well-behaved boy. <laughs> Thank God. But... And he, he will listen to other people, especially if I'm like, you need to listen to this person. But that is that that concept of community and village where I am perfectly comfortable leaving my child with the other ladies because I know he'll listen to them. I know that they will take care of him, even though most of them don't have their own children. But I know that they like children. I know they enjoy children. I know they're cool with my kid. Yes. <laughs> but... <laughs> again it's that 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 community versus bubble kind of thing yeah i mean i can see it both ways i do have my community but they really need to know him in order to be left alone with him yes um i would trust the ladies because a lot of them have you know have experience with him and Mm -hmm. like know him and he's cool with it um but if we've met only a few times yeah. i can't you know and but, I, yeah, I don't i don't know why maybe it's because the presence of the internet and social media reporting on all these things you know these weird yeah. random things and and maybe it's because schools are more locked down than they used to be like when we were kids takes a village to raise a family was pretty huge yeah that that and that brings us back to the incredibles as well where bob left Jack-Jack with Edna because he was comfortable with her. Yeah. She, she's part of his village. Yeah. Where, I mean, in, in the first one, you see Lucius come in and all the kids are like, hey, we're so happy to see you. Like, because he's part of their village. Yeah. And again, those are two people, childless people. Yes. By choice. Yes. Who are part of their family. Yes. And love their children. Yes. Side note, I do want to see a movie with Lucius's wife, just so I can see what she looks like. I like not seeing what she looks like, because <laughs> it's just, like, I, I picture her as, like, as, like, Oprah. <laughs> oh, I was, I was picturing her as, um... Like that, like, like, not, like, like a curvy, curvy black woman. Oh, okay. Who has, like, that sass. Yeah. She's got the head roll going. I, I just... I thought this, yeah. that was really... Um, um, and Edna, Edna's a treasure. Edna's a treasure, and I love her so much. Like, I think the thing is, is that I, I don't know if moms realize and childless women, neither by choice or not, realize that a majority of the other side is totally on board with whatever decision they make, stand behind them 100%, like, non-judgy. And I think the other, the new thing is 
the vocal minority. Yes, the ones that speak up and say, when are you going to have kids? Are you ever going to have kids? They're, and moms moms get those questions as well, but it's always... When are you going to have another? When are you going to have another? Don't you want a girl? That's the big one I get, because I have three boys. I get that too with them. Didn't you really want a girl? And I actually look at them and I give them the honest answer, which is, I wanted a healthy baby, but I really wanted a boy. Like My, my answer is always, not really. I'm happy with what I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and I think you know they they touched upon Black Widow on the on the Childless Monsters yes. episode, and I'm going to say you know, as a mom who has had a kid but also had troubles, yes. um, Black Widow Black Widow storyline in Age of Ultron, the the movie obviously, yeah. where she talks about the ritual and how she can't have kids and how and, and how devastated she is by it. And how hesitant she is to get into that relationship with the Hulk. It just, I mean, I sat sobbing in the in the movie theater because I felt that. And I've felt it before. Yes. And, and I think any mother who's lost a child mm-hmm. but still had a child, I think every time that that kind of storyline comes up or you hear about women who just are desperate to have kids, it really hits you yeah. where it hurts. And I had, with my oldest, it was a bing, bang, boom, holy crap surprise. But then when we wanted a child, it took us so long. And those heartbreaks of taking the test and having the negative. Oh, yeah. it, it, It breaks you. Yeah. It breaks you down to your core yeah and i think anytime that like we had one before and one after and Mm -hmm. both the one before and one after were unplanned Mm -hmm. the one before showed us exactly how much we wanted and then we started trying not trying for mikey um but the one after was completely gut-wrenching yeah because what we didn't expect it we didn't know how we were going to do it. Um, the idea of it yeah. just, and then when it didn't, it didn't pull, come through, like it was just devastating. I have not experienced that loss. Yeah. But when I hear it, 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 it hurts me. Yeah. It hurts me. It hurts my heart. Yeah. And that's another thing is we don't, talk about this no we can't because then we're just emotional women oh yeah and then we're just emotional and you're overly emotional and this is ridiculous aren't you over it yet both of ours were super early both of ours but before we could tell anyone and it was very much a well why do you care it wasn't really real anyway well it was it was super real. real the emotions are real the the love that you feel is real yeah and these are dialogues that we need to have. Oh, yeah. There is a reason why we are having these, these two, two episodes. We need to have these dialogues. We need to be accepting and loving of each other as women. Yeah. Not just as mothers, not just as childless women, as women yeah. as a whole. And understand that the choices we're making as women 
are choices that one we feel are best for us but two we don't have to justify to anybody and we shouldn't have to justify to anybody and there's a lot of conversation going on um around the country about what women can and cannot do and yes. it's in in the conversation should be non-existent because it is us it is our choice it is down in the core what we do we are human yeah. that is the big thing that a lot of people we are not men we are not women like the, the and that's the whole thing with the with all of the blurring now with the the genders and non-binary and all that is we just want to be recognized as human everyone wants to just be recognized as a person as ourselves not what society perceives us to be not what pop pop culture perceives us to be but what we want to be and that's a big struggle with pop culture and how they portray women is they portray women as women they portray women as potential incubators as conquests yes they don't portray women as characters that's i think that's why i really enjoy saga Oh, Saga's so good. I just started reading that. I very much enjoy Saga because, and I'm really bad with character names, the main character and her paramour are from different sides of a war. And they come together and they create this child. And it's not about them being male and female. It's not about, it's, it's about them creating a life. It's about... And now what do we do? Yeah. And oh, crap. We have this kid. And it's the same with, with, with you know, everybody. Yeah. Oh, crap. We have this kid. Now what? What do we do now? And it portrays it so perfectly. And I'm, I'm going to give some spoilers, and I apologize. Hey, spoiler alert. You can fast forward, and I'd do maybe five minutes or so. Not even. <laughs> but at one, at one point... Um, Again, main character, I should probably Google this, she is working, and her, they're not married, but her paramour is staying home with the baby, taking care of their daughter, and she works for a TV show. She's a wrestler for a TV show. That's awesome. And behind the scenes... As, as as usually happens with, like, when somebody goes into the star-studded acting world, there's drugs. And she starts taking them to escape because this is not where she thought her life was going to be. This, she never expected to be on the lamb. She never expected to be a mom, per se. She never expected to be anything other than the soldier that she was. Postpartum depression is real, my friends. And that, those issues were so rocking to me, which I love it, it's a woman that writes the story it's yeah. Fiona Staples yeah I love her and I love that she wrote it 
in that way where you can really relate with how human these characters are. And you can... Elena and Marco. Elena and Marco. Thank you. Your daughter's <laughs> Hazel. What a pretty name. But it's, it's those portrayals that are what we should be seeing in media. That's exactly what, like, the fact that they are people before they are anything else. And I think the thing is, is with comics, I think D DC and Marvel don't believe that they can do storylines that are that real and that raw. And so they have image and they have, and they have like IDW, IDW. Dark Horse. Yeah, all of those have these storylines in it that just are honest. Yes. Also, uh, another thing that's, that's honest and open is um, Sandman. In Sandman, they have that storyline mm -hmm. where the, the dad is the Sandman. He's a superhero. And he has his wife and his child, and they're tr kind of trapped in this dream world. And she's just perpetually pregnant. And 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 their son their son Daniel things happen with him later on, but him trying to freeze them in this perpetual state of perfection. That is another, that's another thing that kind of resonated with me, which I, I read these before, I read Sandman before I had children. And then I bought the um, really big leather bound the, Oh, versions. that anthology thing that came out? Yeah. Um, they had ones before that were, were several volumes. Yeah. And they're big and they're leather bound and I love them and they're fantastic. And I reread them after having my child. And that storyline really stuck with me especially because she, the, the, the wife, when they discover that they're stuck in this dream world, she has a breakdown because she will never know this child that she's been carrying in her mind for just a few months, but for, in reality, for years. Oh, that's... For years. Oh, that's... Yeah. So it's it's... And another thing in Sandman is the, um, was Rose. Rose was the product of a mom who was stuck in a coma. I believe she had, I, I think it was Sleeping Beauty Syndrome, so she, like, slept 99% of the day. And so then, like, again... Sandman, things happen. It's a comic book. She wakes up. And she has this adult daughter. And now it's... they. I really wish they had gone further into how they connect at that level. as Now as just two women. Hmm. But it was... That was another thing that kind of touched my heart. Yeah. And there was also that sacrifice. Was... Rose was supposed to be used as a key to stop the Corinthian and all of the the demons coming out of the dream world and into the real world. Which I love the Corinthian. He is fantastic. <laughs> he is the most delightful nightmare I have ever seen. <laughs> his 
eyes are mouths, and he likes to eat eyeballs, and I love him. But that is beside <laughs> the point. But he find like she's she's supposed to be this key because she was born of a dreaming person, so she was like born in the dreaming, and her mother sacrifices herself after she's woken up and they've kind of met and whatever. She sacrifices herself as the key. Oh. In in her daughter's stead, which kind of shows that motherly connection, mm-hmm. even if she has never, and some women don't feel that connection as well. There's, there's, there's so many layers to motherhood. I was about to say her falling asleep and waking up as her daughter, as an adult is a good analogy for adoption. Yes. And finding your birth mother when you're, you're, you're an adult. And, and some, some women don't feel that connection. They don't feel the connection of um, loving that, yeah. that, that human being, mm-hmm. which is a normal experience. It is. People don't, don't normalize all feelings as a mother. Yeah. All feelings are normal. What you are feeling is normal. This is all normal. Do you love your kid all the time? Absolutely. Well... There's well, unconditional love. I said, say, you love your child all the time. Do you always like your child? No. 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 And that's something that's... Sh- I mean, I don't... I can't think of many, um, except for that creepy Talia al Ghul storyline where she clones her son because she's upset that he decided to go live with Bruce Wayne. Um, Which not, is sketchy. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's really creepy. And not a storyline, I suggest. But... Um, but I think, like, that, like, all the feelings, all the feels. You can you can be a mother and think your kid's a jerk one day. Yeah. Uh, you can be a mother and be frustrated. You can be a mom and just want to close the door and ignore everybody. Yeah. Do we have that luxury oftentimes? No. But it's okay and it's valid. And, you know, you're seen, especially by us. Yes. Well, the big thing also is, again, we're going back to that judgmental thing, is people asking the stupid questions. Oh, the, oh, can I do my questions? Yes. Oh, yeah. So the stupid questions. The stupid questions. You know how they say there's no stupid questions? There are stupid questions, and these are it. If you're a working mother, or if you approach a working mother and ask them if they are enjoying their vacation while they're at work that is a not so great question to ask and i'm asked it all the time it's not a vacation i go to work and get a paycheck and then i go home and be a mom wouldn't you wouldn't you rather be be home with your child right oh, now yeah i get that one all the time too and it's it's i'm not doing this by choice and a lot of women these days are not working by choice of course you have the career women who are like i'm going to have it all and i'm going to get the child have a child and I'm going to have a job and I'm going to have a career. That's, that is not most women. I, I, I don't, I, I, I mean, I had a career before I met my husband. I never thought I'd get married and had kid have kids. That dream changed. I got married. I had kids. I still have this degree and I have a job, but I'm not, if, if I was, if they said, Hey, you have enough money, you can live at home you can work, you be at home with your kid. They can go to school. They can come home and see you for more than two hours a night. 
would I take it? Absolutely, hands down. So for people to come up and ask me that is rude. Is it hurt, hurts? It hits where I live, and as much as you try to be like let it roll off or whatever, when you go back to work and there's that moment of quiet in your brain that you're just doing your work, your mind will flow back to that question, and you'll be spend the rest of the day going, "I am making the wrong decision here. I'm not supposed to be working. I'm supposed to be home." There's a there's a show now called Working Moms, which I have not been able to bring myself to watch. And one of the mothers is an ad exec, and she goes back to work. She's planned it. She's going back to work. She is a high roller, like all this stuff. They have a planning meeting. She had told them, "I have a hard end. I have to be home for bedtime." But. Because all of her other coworkers are male and they're able, they they are like, we have this meeting. Don't worry about it. You go home with your kid. And she's like, um, f you. I'm staying. But while they're having this meeting about this ad that they're doing, and they're sitting there eating, and they're all joking and they're all talking, and one of the men makes an off-color joke about her kid. About oh has. Has your kid called the nanny mom yet? And Ew. she just starts crying. Yeah. Like that that kind of stuff. Those first weeks back. Yeah. Any little thing like that. Any little offhanded comment about how you must miss your kid. It must feel like vacation for you. Do you ever want to like crawl into the bathroom and take a nap? You're probably not sleeping at night. How are you even able to function? Like, yeah. we function because we have to. And and you know what really gets my goat? And I know, like, okay, I'm going to preface this. I don't want any stay-at-home moms mad at me. <laughs> stay-at-home moms are awesome, and I love them. However, every Mother's Day there is an article, and it comes up every Mother's Day, and they sh- all my stay-at-home yes. mom friends share it. This is how much stay-at-home moms should make. What about a working mom who's Can, doing all of that plus their job? Yes. And so I understand it's super important and I'm really happy that they're able to stay at home with their kid and, and, and the chauffeur services and the meal services. But I do the same thing. I just do it on a smaller time frame. Yeah. Like the dishes. And, and I'm lucky enough to have a, have a partner that does the laundry. But the dishes, the laundry, the, the cleaning of the house, the, there's never time. There's never wow. enough time. And even when you're a stay-at-home mom, there's never enough time. There, are, I get the question. Oh, you you must enjoy sitting. You just sit at sit on the couch and eat bonbons. Oh my god! And I and I get mad on your behalf. No, no, I don't. I've got one kid that is running around with a smelly poopy diaper. The other one's in the toilet pooping as well. There's a lot of poop. Um, <laughs> my oldest needs to go to lacrosse, taekwondo, football, hockey, whatever the hell he's got going on. And it's like, it's utter chaos. Do you ever feel like you're in the middle of a panic attack when you're supposed to be doing these things? Because I honestly, like driving home from work, thinking about all the things that need to be done in a in a oh, God, yeah. period, I start, I start tensing up. I start getting those panic attack symptoms that are yeah. like, and I, and I just recently switched jobs and, and sometimes the commute isn't as long, which is fabulous. Uh, but... It is, and I find that because my job is kind of more calm, I can 
you know, I'm, I'm a yeah. little bit more calm driving home and those symptoms aren't as bad, but they still exist. They're yeah. still like, oh my God, I got to go home and put the snack together for tomorrow. I got to make sure he has enough money in his lunch account. I have to make sure yeah. that we each have a lunch. I need to make sure the dinner's done. I have to make sure the dishes are done. And then maybe I'll get five minutes before bed to read the comic book I picked up from Kamikaze, which was my yeah. other night. Like, that's, you know, and, and then, and then of course the working mom issue is, is when both parents work, what do you do on summer vacation? Unless yes. you're a teacher. What do you do, um, and even a teacher's work on summer, during summer yeah. vacation. But, you know, what do you do on school vacations? This week, yes. my son stayed at what I lovingly refer to as Camp Grandma. Like, he went over his Nana's house, he spent the week, and they had a great time. But, am I guilty I can't take that time off and work? stay home with him? Absolutely. Would I love to because I could have gotten stuff done? 100%. But I don't have that luxury or option. And when people feel that I should do have that option and really place those stigmas upon me, I feel even more ready and tense to have that panic attack. Well, and I get a lot of crap because why aren't the floors mopped? Why are, why are the toys still strewn about the house? Why are the dishes, why are there dirty dishes still in the sink? Because I had children literally lodged in my colon all day. Yeah. I've got an 11-year-old, a 4-year-old, and a 2-year-old. The 11-year-old is going, yes, he can get himself to school. He can get himself ready for school. He can go to school himself. We live Fantastic. close enough. He can walk. He can walk home. Fantastic. He can't get himself to lacrosse. He can't get himself to hockey. He can't get himself to taekwondo. Yeah. Like, And he, he has ADHD. Yeah. Not, not high enough that he needs to be medicated, but it's still prevalent. Yeah. It's still there, so I have to keep him on task. Yeah. And Which is a only, full-time job in and of itself before the other two. And and then I have, again, I've got a two-year-old who's still in diapers and running around, and he needs his nap. And I've got my four-year-old, God love him, he is the middle child. He is such a middle child. He is exhausting. He wants all the attention. He wants everybody to be doing everything with him all the time. And you don't have enough life to give. Yeah. <laughs> to, and then mop the floors, do the dishes, do the laundry, do clean the house, make sure it's spotless, have dinner on the table. And not just dinner on the table, healthy options that your children will actually eat. And kids don't eat healthy options, guys. Like, let's just cut the cut this out right now. Here we are, 2019. Kids don't like healthy options. Like, do we give them their food? Yes. Do they eat it? Well, if you push them. But healthy options are not as tempting as 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 chicken nuggets and i think you made a very very valid point your valid point is when you're doing those those chores that we're supposed to be doing to get the house ready your kids are right there and it's the same with a working mom because your kid doesn't see you all the time yeah so it's like mom look at this mom look at this and i've just started going okay you know what i'm gonna hang out with you while you play video games screw yeah. the dishes those can go over there well and, and then it's well, you can do that after they're in bed. When am I supposed to sleep? Or have, like, a moment. Self-care is important. Yes. That's the other thing. Like, we want we want to read. I can't remember the last time I sat down and read a good chunk of a book. Like, maybe yeah. five, ten pages here and there will get me through. But, no. No, I, I can't remember the last time I sat down and read an actual novel. Other than, like something for the child audible is my best friend these days like How that's the old dragon <laughs> i do have that audiobook only because it's read by david Tennant. god love him 
but I think I think our big point here is no matter how women are feature- portrayed in media, mm-hmm. there we are given this high and mighty expectation that we are supposed to be. Yes. And we are supposed to fit this mold. Yes. No matter who we are, as women, we are supposed to have kids. We are supposed to be happy with them. We are supposed to... Dote on our husbands. Yes. Do whatever they want. Be the caregivers. As, as I believe Valerie was the one that said that in Childless Monsters, was be the caregivers. Yeah. But where is our time to be our own human? Yeah. And where's our time to be our own caregivers? We can't care for others if we're not caring for ourselves. And I learned that the hard way in December. Yeah. And not only caregivers in the sense of taking care of yourself because you have a kid, but knowing what is best for you yes in the long run whether it is to have children or not and that is what we are trying to put into the world yeah and and no matter who you are and what you decide to do you know know that there are people out there who always who who have your back who know and understand why you're you know don't need to understand but understand why you're making the decision you make and we love you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening, and, and we hope you enjoyed this and episode. Since this episode's coming out in May, to all of the non-angelic and angelic mothers out there, we wish you a very happy Mother's Day. <laughs>